especially all the sickness in our church. All right, we'll get started in this message this evening. It would be in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning with verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And I thought about this the other day, and and uh, we'll read this uh, verse. It says here in Second Corinthians chapter thirteen, beginning with verse five. He said, "Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves? How that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But examine yourselves." And that's the question I got, you know, how much do we, do we really examine ourselves, examine where we're at with the Lord? You know, are we, uh, do we come prepared to worship God in spirit and truth? Or uh, do we get excited about what God showed you? Or do we get excited about what God's Word says uh, that, that affects us? But there's many examples of that, and I thought, you know, do, how many of us really examine ourselves? You know, sometimes, you know, you know, I, there's days, you know, I want to question my salvation. Am I truly, really, am I really saved? You know, and I go to thinking, I thought, okay, you know, where am I at in the Lord? But I call it uh, like a checkup. You know, you go to the doctor, you know, and it's sometimes, you know, people go to the doctor, you know, for a checkup. For for a uh, physical checkup, uh, you go to the doctor for a checkup. Then sometimes they find something wrong. They say, "Well, we need we need to put you on meds or whatever it may be," you know. And you didn't even realize. You know, it's like you know, I, I got a little issue, cholesterol problem or or sugar problems or whatever it may be. Uh, and you keep going back for a checkup. It's like you know, keeping your keeping your car in tip-top shape, you know. If you don't keep an eye on on the oil, and if you got an oil leak and you don't realize it, all of a sudden that engine just stops. You know, and, and we got to examine ourselves. And, and, you know, only God knows the true condition of our hearts, you know. And we don't, you know, I don't even know my heart. And God knows the heart. And he knows how we, are we where we're at, where we should be at. Uh, do we expect God to bless us this evening? I know we got a short crab and we got a lot of sickness, you know, it's kind of tough, you know, but do we expect a blessing tonight? All those that may be hearing tonight, you know, hearing on the on the phone or Facebook or however, however it's going out, do we expect to be blessed? But he says here, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, but how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. So the checkup, you know, of the Christian, you know, we like if we say go to the doctor's office, uh, and where do we come for that checkup? You know, I mean, you can be at home and you can just think, of, you know, Lord, am I where am I supposed to be? You ask those questions to yourself. You know, when I come to God's house, you know, and I'm sitting there, my job here when I come here is to give all praise and glory to our Savior, the one that, who died upon the cross for my sins and your sins and come here to worship Him in spirit and truth. I don't come here just to look pretty and for you all or whatever. I just come here to get expecting a blessing from God 
from the Word of God as our pastor preaches the truth, you know, and God uses him in a great and mighty way, and, and it's, you know, do we come prepared and examine ourselves? And I got a few points this evening, and I try not to keep you long or however the Lord's going to deal with us, He'll be done with me when He is. But some of the things, you know, that we need that, that the believer slips back into the world. And I got some, some few points here I want to show. If you turn over to the book of James, chapter 4, the book of James, chapter 4, book of James, chapter 4, begin with verse 4. He said, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. You know, how, how many of us gets really close, you know, kind of slide back into the world? You know, you can't have your foot in the world and your foot in, 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 in the church. You know, you can't serve God or you can't serve the other one. Uh, you can't, you know, you're serving one or you're serving the other one. You know, anything I believe that you put before the Lord, you know, is, you know, you can, you know, let worldly things get to your into your life. And there's nothing wrong of doing things, but if it starts to draw you away from God, if it starts to draw you away from the God's house, like on week, say on a weekend, you you say, well, I'm going to be out of town. There's nothing wrong with it. There's times that we need it need a vacation or to get away but when it goes to be every weekend maybe on wednesday night maybe or you know unless you're sick or providential hindrance if it starts to draw you away whatever you're doing then you you're you're sliding right back into the world and you and you're letting and you're, and you're losing out on blessings and god will get your attention you know he always brings his children back home he did me i was so far out of his will if he didn't, you know, if, if he didn't bring me back, I probably was, never was saved or anything. But it bothered me. There were days I drove by here. No, I should have been there. I should have been in church. But I sit there and backslide. Just like, man, it ain't going to happen until God put me on my back. Got sick one day. Talked about a doctor's appointment. Went for a doctor's appointment. Had, I had an issue on my stomach and a little place popped up and I ignored it. It got worse. Then I went to the doctor. He goes, eh, we'll just, you know, keep an eye on it. And three days later, I was in the hospital. Had a MRSA outbreak. I was in the hospital three days and it was not fun. And I'm... uh, those things, you know, God gets your attention. He, I was laying on my back looking up. <laughs> Had nothing else to do. A lot of pain. But anyways, God, you know, friendship with this world is something that, you know, it's hard to do. You know, this, this world is always trying to draw you away, trying to draw you. You know, the devil uses, uses that, and he, he tries his best to bring you down or... He might use people to get to you or whatever, especially where I work at it. It's just a constant battle every day. 
because I deal with them every day. I mean, it's just eight hours out of the day, and there's days I just wish I can just leave, you know. But, you know, got to have a job, got to make a living, you know, and if God wants me to leave that job, he'll impress upon my heart to leave that job, and he'll take me somewhere else. But uh, try to be a light unto those people, you know. It's just it's just hard out there because they know what you like and what they, what you don't like. And what you don't like, they'll rub it in on you. They know you can't stand it. I mean, I can be right here and a guy be right there and he has no respect for nobody, curses, carry on, and they don't care. And they make fun of you or whatever, you know. That's just just the way it is. The next point, spotted by the world. You know, uh, here in the book of James, we'll... Just a couple chapter or a couple chapters back, the book of James, chapter one or uh, chapter one, verse starting with verse twenty five. The book of James, chapter one, verse. I'm sorry, yeah, verse twenty five. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. But if any man among you see, see or seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceive his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Verse 27. Pure religion and undefiled before God and, and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Do we keep ourselves unspotted from the world? You know, what it was pure, pure means unmixed with any other thing. It's pure. You know, in the... I always look at it, you know, we should be about our Father's business. You know, we should be doing the things of the Lord. You know, we're just nearly visitors. We're just here for a little while, doing what God has us to do. He leads us to what we need to do. Whatever the job that God gives you, how He does it, he, he's, if you just let your light so shine, you don't have to say a word. Uh, a lot of times, a lot of people say, speaks out, they usually end up getting in trouble. But if you just live that life in front of those people, where whoever you're working around with or whatever, you know they may see Christ high and lift up because they'll know there's a difference in you that they've never seen. There's a gentleman I work with, you know, he sometimes he'll let a word slip and he'll apologize. He said, I'm sorry, I know you don't like that. You know, and you know, I said, you know, that's fine, you know, and I try, I just let it go, you know. But I always, you know, I always bring up something about the Bible or about the Lord, you know, and I just ask questions, you know, and it's like whatever it may be, you know. A lot of times I just... I might ask them two or three times anyways in a week because sometimes I say, are you saved? They just look at me like, I oh, know, you're going to ask another question. You know, that's all they hear. You know, And I like, you know, I just ask questions. But anyways, to be uh, effective. But a pure religion and undefiled, but on down here in the last end of the verse, keep himself unspotted from the world. You know, in the presence of, in the presence of God, we need to seek His favor and study to please Him in all in all of our actions. 
You know, we, that's what we need to do. We need to keep on keeping on. And we need to, to set that example. The third point I have this evening is loving the world. You know, this world has nothing to offer. You know, we're just ambassadors for Christ, you know. And, and uh, let's turn over to the book of 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter two beginning with verse fifteen. First John chapter two verse fifteen. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of this world, or of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Love not, you know, love not this world. There's nothing to love in this world. You know, look how much corruption and how much hate and how much evil is in this world. And it's getting worse and worse every day. We, like Brother Vance always says, we he ain't seen nothing yet. You know, and I believe and I pray and I hope the Lord raptures us out before we even, even get into that mess. You know, I'm praying that the Lord will come back and take us out of here because, you know, it's just getting worse and worse every day. And uh, the love of this world is, is, is just horrible. But in the heart, you know, the... The worldliness, you know, how we're, when we love the world, it takes us to three characteristics, you know, like lust, like the physical desires, materialism, craving for accumulating things, or pride, obsession with one status. You know, materialism, you know, there's nothing wrong with having something. You know, if you have something, and, and there's nothing wrong with having things or, or, or whatever. But when it takes you away from God, when it's more important than God, then you're wrapped up in it. You're wrapped up into the things of the world. You know, you know a lot of people says, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I ride motorcycles or I ride these four-wheelers and all that. You don't have them, you know. Why don't you do it, man? You can do us on the weekends. You, you know, I spend all my weekends running around, whatever. But if it takes you from God, you know, it's just, it just ain't good. You know, God is, you know, He... It's just the material things of this world has nothing on it. The pride, you know, obsession with one status, uh, the lust, you know, the physical desires, you know, <laughs> you know what the uh, what their heart desires, um, you know, we see it every day. I mean, you look at marriages today. It's just like, like I said Sunday. Well, if it don't work out, I'll find somebody else. It's just like it's a joke. You know, marriage is sacred. You know, and I mean, you're there, your husband and wife. You're gonna have some, you're gonna have some bad times. You're gonna have some good times. You know, and that's a marriage. You got to work at it. Got to have that communication. And there's days, you know, I get on my wife's nerves. I mean, I really do. And sometimes she gets on my nerves, and I reverse that. So, <laughs> but anyways, but you got to work at it. 
But anyways, I'm kind of getting off the subject here. Anyways, loving of the world, he says there in verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, and the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And that's the, the key thing, doing the will of God. You know, whatever he's got planned in your life, we, you know, we should just keep on. We've got, we got to keep on keeping on. And it's rough. This old body gets tired. And there's days when my wife come home from work. She was tired. I was tired. I mean, we, we all get with that physical, this physical body, just, it just wears out. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a battle day to day. But the love of love of the world. Turn over to the book of Romans, chapter twelve. The book of Romans, chapter twelve. Book of Romans, chapter twelve. Romans chapter 12, we'll just start with verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Can you answer that question? Can you answer that question? He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You take each of those, those words. If you do a word study on that, you'll be blessed. You'll be thankful for what God done for you. You'll be thankful for your salvation. You know, and verse 2, talking about my next point is, uh, be not conformed of this world. He said, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this world. As I say earlier, this world has nothing to offer. Has nothing. We're part, we, we live in this world, but we're not part of this world. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to as God hath dealt to every man the measure of his faith. Grace. You know, by the grace of God... I ask God give me grace every day. At the workplace, there's like I say, there's days I just want to just throw my hands up. I'm tired of dealing with people. I'm tired of talking with people. Just want to walk off and leave and go and you know let God deal with it or turn my back on Him. One or the other. You know, I mean, there's days that you know I was like, do I turn my back up on God? Do I? Am I am I not am I playing a game? You know, and you start examining yourselves. 
Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing what God wants me to do? Is he leading me what I need to do? Because a lot of times I think, well, I'll do what I want to do. And a lot of times I get in trouble for it. But he said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Got to think right. That you may prove what is good, that is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this world. You know, as a, a saying here I saw, it said, do not copy or fit or mold the behavior of this world. You know, don't, don't act like the world. You're different. You're special in the eyes of God. The world don't see that. The world thinks you're just some more, maybe they say, well, you're just, just as good as we are. You know, you have nothing on, you don't even know my Lord and Savior because you're blinded, you're dead, you're, you're just like the natural man. You can't see nothing. He can't see anything because all he knows is what this world's got to offer. That's all he knows. But we see something in because, you know, God leads us and guides us through his word about this world, about about the uh, the devil and, and what he does to, to bring people down. Uh, he ain't worried about the lost people. He, he's worrying about the saved people in the church that are truly saved. That's the ones he's going to deal with. That's the ones he's going to try to attack you from every side. You know, put on the whole armor of God. You know, it's just something that you got you, you got to fight. You know, and, and he'll he'll tempt you. You see what happened in, in, in the book of Genesis, what he did to Eve? He just started planting that little little saying in her mind. She got to thinking, you know, hey, I'm just as good as they are. Why can't I? If I eat of that, it's going to make me just as great as he's God, you know, great as God. You know, and he started doing that, you know, and that's what he does to all these people, you know, deceiving so many people is trying to bring him down to their level or his level. God is in full control, and that's why we got we got to be not conformed to this world, and not be a part of it. The question I got tonight: What is your relationship with Jesus Christ? You think about all the things of this world that tries to to offer you. What has God done for you? You know what He did. I mean, He's He's my friend. He's the best friend you can ever have. I mean, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, I mean, I, I'd be nothing. But he's your best friend you can have. You know, so like everybody says, well, I got good friends. My friends are they're cool and all that. Well, your friends are a, sometimes are, they're, I call them just a joke. I mean, because they have nothing to offer. You know, and your ones that they call you, your, uh, we're real good friends and all that, a lot of times they'll backstab you. I mean, you'll have a lot of those, you know. How, how true is that? But we have a friend here in Jesus. He's the best friend you can ever have in your life. So what is our relationship with Christ? You know, we have that friendship with Christ. You know, in the book of James, chapter 2, the book of James, chapter 2. The book of James, chapter 2, verse 23. The book of James, chapter 2, verse 23. 
And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Jesus Christ is your friend. You know, how close, how close are you to God? Or how close are you to Jesus? How close are you to your spouse? You know, if you think of your friend, she's my friend. She's my, she's my friend, my wife, best critic. I mean, she tries to keep me in line. She tries to help me. A lot of times she'll say, you don't make sense. And that, that's fine. That's great. I, I accept it. But, you know, I mean, if they're not your friend, you know, you, you, you know who your friends are. You know, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, you say, well, you know, I'm not having a good day. I come to church, I'm not having a good day. And I, there's days I come to church, I don't feel good. But I'm glad to see my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Because we've got to be an encouragement to one another. Because this world has nothing to offer because this world is a battle out here. And when we come to the house of the Lord, it's just my time of peace. It's the worship with my Lord and Savior. To give Him the praise and glory that He brought me through this day. He got me through this day, through this part of the week, up to this point. And when I come, I, I'm expecting a blessing from God. And we got to be there for each other. Even though we're, we're sick, and we, like I said, we got a lot of sickness in our church. And we got to pray for our, our sick in our church. And pray that God will raise them up, bring them back into the house, and fellowship with one another, and plus give God all the praise. So how close are you to, to you, Jesus? How close are you to Jesus? The, how Jesus influenced us through His Word, you know? You think back how God saved us. You know, I, I like talking about how the Lord got me here, you know, and I said last uh, Sunday, it just blows my mind how I came from, you know, I was born outside of Detroit, Michigan, you know, how I survived, <laughs> you know. Uh, I've went through some tough times, you know. I, uh, technically, I wasn't supposed to be here because uh, I, I had had an accident. My brother... Hit me in the head with a baseball bat. And it laid me out. I mean, I was just a little fellow. But it wasn't his fault. I walked into it. They were playing baseball. But they they seen I was going to have major brain damage or whatever. And I probably still do. So, <laughs> you know. Anyways, I'm kind of out of head here. But anyways. You know, God, you know, it just blows my mind how he brings you to this point. Through his word. Without the preaching of his word. You know, and, and that's what we got to have. Uh, Jesus Christ is our friend. You know, and uh, how that Jesus Christ influence, influence our lives. Let's turn over to the book of John. Book of John. The book of John, chapter 15. Book of John, chapter 15, verse 16. And I love this portion of Scripture. John 15, 16. 
Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, and that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should be should remain, and that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. He have he have not chosen he I have not chosen. He said, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. He chose me. Now, when I was lost and on my way to hell and didn't realize it, I had no desire. I wasn't gonna I wouldn't never pick him. You know, I it's like uh, I have I have an uncle that or had an uncle that was a preacher, you know, and I said, How do you talk to God when you can't even see him? You're just talking talking into the air here, you know, it's like how do you know you're talking to God when you know I, I physically you know I don't see him. You know, how do you do that? You know, and, and that's some of the things that, you know, but uh he said you you not have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. But through his word and when God works through his word, when the preaching of his word and when the spirit of God deals with you and starts you know that God is there's something that is changing. God when God starts working upon your heart and when he starts changing your heart and and when the spirit of God starts to bear witness with your spirit and he opens your eyes and now you see as what God sees through his word. I'm not comparing myself to saying I'm equal with God. I'm not. But God, when he opens your eyes and you start to say, wow, you know, I wasted a lot of time. Why, why, why wasn't I saved a long time ago? You know, you were saved right on time. God prepared a way for you to hear the word of God. And when God's Spirit, when the Spirit of God bear witness with your spirit, He made you alive, made you a new creature in Him. You know, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. But He had chosen you. Other point is the friendship with Christ is becoming like Him, leading to the deeper love for Christ. But in 1 John chapter 4, over in the book of 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, beginning with verse 19. First John chapter 4, verse 19. We love Him because He first loved us. You know, that's what this Bible, this King James Version Bible, it's just a one big love, love story. How a man was willing to, to come from glory, to die upon the cross of Calvary, to shed His blood for whosoever will, is simply believing on Him. You know, I mean, God can save you right now if you want to be saved. It's just believing on Him, because that's like a gentleman I I talk to. I talk to a lot, and I, you know, he'll ask me questions, and I say it's so simple to be saved. All you got to do is believe, believe that Christ died for you and buried for you and rose again according to the Scriptures. He can do that for you. All you got to do is believe. And everything else will fall into place. But His love, it was that love He showed towards us. And I'm thankful, you know, there's a lot of times I turn my back upon God. And I, and I didn't have no love for Him. But He still loved me. He was always there. He never turned His back upon me. And that, that's that great love He has. For his children. And so thankful. We'll come to the last point here. 
The more we know Him, the better we love Him. And the better we love Him, the more we become like Him. Over here, this will be the last scripture we'll use in the book of Romans, chapter 8. The book of Romans, chapter 8. Book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 29, I believe. Let's start with verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, and to them who are called according to His purpose. Verse 29. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He he also called, and whom He called, them He also justified, and whom He justified them also glorified. But He says here in verse 29, For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of the Son, that He might, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Do they, do, do people see Christ in your life? Do we try to become more like Christ? He set that example. And we got to carry out that example. You know, it's just just be your, be yourself and, and and do the things that God has shown you that you keep growing and, and growing in grace and in knowledge and uh, trying to be Christ-like in this world. Because this world, like I say, it's it's a battle out there. Every day you go out there, you, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I know God's got a plan for that day. Because I always ask God every morning. I say, God, please give me an opportunity to witness to somebody. There's days where, you know, there's nothing goes on, you know. And I always wonder, I thought, do they see Christ in me? Is there something that, am I doing something to interfere? Am I, am I out of God's will? Am I backsliding? Am I, and I start questioning myself, you know. And there's days I don't feel good when I go to work. And I don't want to talk to nobody. You know, that's just a way of life, you know. But my goal is to drive, be Christ-like. And I think that's what we need. We need to be Christ-like. That's what God says, to be conformed to the image of the Son, that he, might, that, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. But I hope that this, these points will help you. Uh, it's blessed me, and I'm so thankful for what God has done, and, and I pray that God will bless you and strengthen you in His Word. I mean, we got to depend upon one another. If it's just a... As the dear sister sent me a little, a little encouragement. You know, Sister Judy, she's always sending me something every every day. Not every day, but it, most of the time she always sends me. It's just the words of encouragement. we got to encourage one another. You know, and there's times I'm bad for it. I don't send out nothing. But I, I try my best to do better and better every day. You know, and, and keep praying. we got to keep praying for one another. And we'll be dismissing for this evening's service. Most kind and precious Heavenly Father, we thank you.